is the lead pastor of this church. But, you know, but I'm not gonna. But I'm gonna. But I'm gonna brag on him just for a little bit. And I know he doesn't like this, but I don't care. And the Bible says to give honor where honor is due. And uh, you've heard him say that a few times, haven't you? When he gets the mic, he gets to say stuff. So here we go. For all of you that have always wanted to say something, here we go. Now I'm so uh, humbled and honored to be a part of your team. Um, not not just at this church, but I feel like in life. And my wife and I are in indebted to you forever. Uh, We are so thankful for Pastor Eugene and Laura personally. um, I just got up this last Wednesday and we talked to students about dreaming dreams. And a student came up to me and said, you probably come from a line of preachers. And I said, honey, I don't come from any preachers. Um, You know what I did? I planted myself under a really great pastor and uh, and just been submitted to him. So grateful for Pastor. Um, Just some highlights, because I want him to preach tonight, not me. But uh, he is the real deal. Uh, If you get around him, uh, very few people that I know where the more you know them, the more you love them and honor them. And uh, he's just the real deal behind the stage as he is on the stage. And what he preaches tonight, I'm telling you, he lives. And if he doesn't live it, he'd tell you. And, uh, right, he's just such an honest man and and integrity. And then, of course, his wife, Pastor Laura, is just an unbelievable um, woman of God and if we ever get her to preach on Sunday or any night, you better bring all your friends because it's amazing. And it blows all the boys out, doesn't it, Pastor? And uh, we are just so thankful. I want you to know if you're a young person in here, you're here today because of two individuals being faithful and saying, God, whatever you want, I'm going to do. And, uh, and they wouldn't even want you to know this, but I'm going to tell you anyway, there has been thousands of dollars that they have personally spent sacrificed retirement to get this church planted because you were always in the heart of that. And uh, I don't know about you, but I am so grateful for our pastors. I'm excited about the word that he's going to bring tonight. But more importantly, I'm excited about their leadership and I'm very thankful that we are at a safe place with their leadership. So would you join me? Would you stand to your feet? And can we welcome our lead pastor, Eugene Smith? Come on, give him a hand. Jesus. Awesome. Hey, you may be seated. All right, everyone, get your phones out. This is a social media moment, all right? All right, so you can take a picture of me, (laughs) Instagram it, Twitter it, go to Facebook. You're at Awakening 2014. Come on, Awakening 2014. We welcome you tonight. We've been preparing, praying, planning, strategizing for this meeting, these meetings for a long time long time, and we are so honored that you are with us tonight. We have Commissioner Velma Williams right here in Sanford. She's with us today. Commissioner Velma, can you stand? Thank you for being with us today. Pastor John, I'm sorry, I I didn't get your last name, but if you could stand for the first AME Church right here in Sanford, can you give him a great big hand? Thank you. Tonight is a special night in the history of City Church. Uh, Tonight we're going to be ordaining deacons for the first time in our church's history. 
it is a tremendous honor for me tonight to stand before you. This is the fifth time in two days that I've preached, and I'm ready. I'm ready. Just give me a platform. I'm ready to preach it again. But I'm so honored that you would be here tonight. We have, we have a great king. His name is Jesus. This dream that God placed in my heart, this dream for City Church began a long time ago. This dream that God put in my heart to bring his love to the city started a long time ago. And you're the result of that dream. It's not an accident. It's not a coincidence. God placed in my heart a vision to see people transformed by the love of Jesus. See, when I was a young man, when I was a young man, I knew Jesus as a little boy. But like many teenagers, I drifted away from Christ. And at the age of 21, I rededicated my life to Jesus. And that radical encounter, that radical experience with Jesus forever changed my destiny. I would never be the same person again. I met Jesus. I met Jesus. The Jesus of the Bible. The Jesus that healed blinded eyes. The Jesus that raised the dead. The Jesus that fed the multitudes. I met him. I encountered him. He changed my life and he changed my heart. And he gave me a vision for the city. He gave me a vision. It was very, very clear. I, I can take you to the place and I can take you to the time. Jesus spoke to my heart. Jesus began to do things in my life and begin to direct me in ways that I could have never imagined. Never, ever imagined. Tonight I'm going to read a, a, a short passage of Scripture on the life of Jesus. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 9. This is one of the great commissioning chapters of the Bible. This chapter here, we see the heart of Jesus for people. You see, Jesus was on a mission, and this mission couldn't be accomplished by himself. Every dream, every dream that God gives a man will never be fulfilled by themselves. It always takes a team of people. And our story tonight, the story that I'm about to read, is the story of Jesus commissioning 12 men who would radically change the world. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 9. If you could stand with me tonight in honor of the reading of God's Word. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 9, beginning with verse number 35. And the Bible says that Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into this harvest field. Chapter 10, verse number 1. And Jesus called, Jesus called, his twelve disciples to him, and he gave them authority to drive out impure spirits, to heal every disease and every sickness. Now I want you to skip down to verse number five. These twelve Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Do not go among the Gentiles or enter any town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. And as you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, 
freely give. Freely give. Today, in our first in our three services this morning, we prayed for a little tiny baby named Christopher Alexander. He's been in the hospital. He's 11 days old. He's been in the hospital for five days. He hasn't eaten for the last four days. We prayed three times today. We prayed once in all three services. I want to read the report I just got back from his mother. Just got this text from his mother. His fever is broke, and he is eating on his own the first time in four days. He's active, eyes are open, and not lethargic. Praise God. Come on, amen. Give the Lord a great big hand clap. That's the Jesus that I serve tonight. He still does miracles. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you today. Thank you for this great, great work of your spirit that's happening right here in this community. Thank you, Lord, not just in our church, but churches all across our community, Lord, are experiencing a touch of your favor, and we want to say thank you. But thank you, Lord, for what you're doing for us. Thank you that you've called us, and we've gathered together tonight to worship you. We've consecrated these last 21 days to be seekers after you and to do your purpose in our generation. I pray that you'll give the hear and ear today. I pray that you'll give me a mouth to speak. I need you one more time. I can't do this on my own, Jesus. I ask this in your wonderful and your mighty name, and everyone said, amen. You may be seated. Here's my big idea today. Here's the one big idea I want you to get tonight. World changers continue on with the mission of Jesus. World changers continue on with the mission of Jesus. The text that I read to you tonight has become tonight has been a life passage for me. It was when I was a young man. My wife and I were first called into ministry into the inner city of Seattle. And when I was in the inner city of Seattle, I, I saw things that I never experienced. I, I ministered in ways that I did not know that I would ever minister in. And it was there that these words of Jesus became alive to me. The reality of the Bible, they weren't just words printed on a book, but they were something that were now printed in my heart. And my desire to see His kingdom, His purposes, His plan, and the things that Jesus did and His disciples did done in my generation. You see, every, every man that has a dream, every man has a dream, sets out to make their world, or every woman that has a dream has a desire to make their world a better place. I begin to think through the great thinkers and leaders of human history, Edison, he had a dream. He had a dream that the light bulb would one day change the world. Martin Luther King had a dream that one day people, red, yellow, black and white, would join together, all of God's children, to worship their king. One man had a dream. His name was, his name was Edison Ford. He had a dream that the automa automation and mass production would change the world. Einstein had a dream. It was the theory of relativity. And we can thank the GPS that can track us on our phone any day now because of his understanding of relativity. English scientist Tim Berners had a dream. He created the World Wide Web. Mark Zuckerberg had a dream. You can go on and on and on. All of these 
people had a dream to change the world. All of them. As I've read this text tonight, again, my heart has been pricked and my heart has been stirred. The fact is, tonight, Jesus had a dream. He came from heaven. And His dream from heaven is that all men would know their Father. That paradise lost would be restored. That which was stolen, that which was lost, that which was broken back in the garden would now be restored for all mankind potentially. It was a dream that was birthed from the heart of God from the very beginning of creation. But here tonight, as we look at this dream, I want you to see that there was the ministry of Jesus. There was the ministry of Jesus and His generation. He was the model for all time. You see, the Bible says in verse number 35 that Jesus went preaching the gospel. He went through all the towns and the villages teaching and preaching or proclaiming the good news of the kingdom. Everywhere that Jesus went, He proclaimed. Preaching is simply declaring what God says about His generation. He preached the kingdom, the rule, the authority of God today. And it was good news. It was good news. It was hope for a generation that had no hope. It was good news for a generation that was lost and broken. Jesus proclaimed that there was the kingdom of God on earth. It was here for them and their generation. He preached a radical commitment to giving up one's personal rights and ambitions and following Him. And then He began to teach the people how to live. He taught them how to live. Notice He went to the synagogues. He went to the places of worship. For in those places they had rules and and regulations, over 600 of them that they had tried to follow in order to please God. Jesus came and said, there is a new way. I am a new way. I have come to fulfill that law. I've come to be the embodiment of that law. And now you must do two things. One, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And you must love your neighbor as yourself. All the law was combined in those two great commands. And then not only did He teach the people But then He brought healing. He brought healing to those who were sick. The Bible records 37 plus one miracle. Jesus, the Bible records, the Bible records that He did many miracles, but there are 37 that are recorded for us. And then the greatest miracle of all is that Jesus rose from the dead. You see, what motivated Jesus? What motivated Jesus was compassion. Jesus was compassionate compassionate for people who were hurting and broken. The Bible says that He saw multitudes of people. They were lost and harassed and helpless like a sheep without a shepherd. His heart was broken. I remember the day when this verse became a reality to me. Jesus saw the people, multitudes of people, harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. There were two profound things that happened in my life. One thing happened before I gave my life to Christ. As a young man of 19 years of age, 20 years of age, I went to California. There was a large concert. There were over 400,000 people at this festival. It was sponsored by the, this unknown guy at the time by the name of Steve Jobs, the founder of Apple. It was actually on his property. You can Google it. It was called the Us Festival. There were people from all over the world that went to this concert. 
I was a young man in search of hope. I was a young man in search of love. I was a young man in search of something in my life. And I found myself at this place and I saw hundreds of thousands of people lost. I mean, lost. I might not have described them at that time, but it was just a misery of humanity. The brokenness, the drugs, the things that people were doing in public. They would be arrested if they were doing them on the streets of any city of the United States of America. But in that kind of crowd, in that kind of of event, everything went. As I sat back and I looked at the thousands, hundreds of thousands of people, this song rolled through my mind. There are waves and waves of people playing their song and missing the beat. I just waves of people. I realized then that this is all the world has to offer. There must be more. There must be more. I came to Christ. My wife and I were involved with starting a church in the inner city of Seattle. One of the first things that we did is start a bus ministry. I went into the inner city of Seattle. I actually went into the homeless shelters and I would take the bus and I would pick up men and women and bring them back to our church. And I remember one day when I was driving the bus, I I went through this one street, and as I looked over, I saw a man, broken man, dirty, disheveled, sitting in a corner with a crack pipe. And as he was smoking that crack, crack pipe, trying to get that last little hit of high, I realized at that moment, what that man was looking for, he was looking for Jesus. You see, every person that pops a pill, every person that takes the booze, every person that smokes the pipe, every person that takes a hold of pornography and it grips their soul, every person is looking for Jesus. You see, they're just a miss. They, they're, they're playing the song, but they're missing the beat. They're looking for the wrong thing. They have a giant size vacuum hole in their heart that only Jesus can fill. And I remember as I looked over at that man, my heart was full of compassion. And I realized that that was my life's call. I realized that my life's call was to bring God's love to that man. That's why City Church is here today. The compassion of Jesus. When Jesus saw the multitudes of people, his heart was broken. He was hurting. They were harassed, helpless. Listen, they needed a Savior, not a self-help program. Not a bless-me club that wants just us four and no more. They needed a Christian faith that was compassionate. See, the challenge today and for every generation is that for his followers, is that for his followers would be willing to do what Jesus did. Therefore, Jesus charged the mandate. Look what he says here in verse number 38. He says, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into the harvest field. So he tells the disciples, here's the ministry. But now's the mandate. The mandate is to pray. Pray for laborers. Pray for workers. Jesus called his disciples and he said, guys, I want you to pray. In just a little while, we'll be commissioning ten men tonight that were the direct Result of prayer. Ten men tonight that were the direct result of prayer. I've looked back over my life. I've looked back over the ministry of this church. And I can tell you, every single thing that's happened significantly in this church has been a direct result of people praying. I remember the day. I remember the day that God gave me a vision for Wide Open Church. It wasn't even in Sanford. Wide Open Church was a vision that God gave me when I was in Longwood, Florida. I was in Longwood, Florida, and I had a vision and I had a dream. 
And I saw this building. And I saw people of every color, of every background of life, of, of every kind of, of experience. I saw kids coming in that had holes in their ear and tattoos and black kids and brown kids and white kids. I saw kids from all over coming into this one building to worship God. It was after that I landed in Sanford. One day I looked out and I looked over this community and I realized that if we are going to change a generation, we must reach the youth of this generation. And I was back here in this room right here with a group of people. And I was talking about bringing God's love to the city. And, and I was sharing my vision. And at that moment, God pricked my heart. God pricked my heart. And I found myself on my face, weeping bawling, crying out to God for the youth of this generation. God, will You save this generation? God, will You turn a generation back to You? And as I was crying out to God, I had no idea that God was orchestrating and planning the steps of a young man by the name of Glenn Wolf. I had no idea that in just a couple of years that, that this young man would come alongside of my life and all of a sudden things would begin to shift in the supernatural realm in this church and young people by the droves, by the thousands have come into this ministry, into this church to experience the life-changing love of Jesus. Someone said amen tonight. I remember, I remember... I remember, I remember being in Altamont Springs, praying. We had no idea what we were supposed to do. We were a small group of people, about 40 people. We were fasting every month, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And we didn't do Daniel fast back then. We did the real thing. We just went with water. And, 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 and I remember we would gather together on a Friday night once a month. And one Friday night we'd begin to pray for souls in our city. There was an intense prayer. There was a cry to God. There was a call to God. And in that moment, I felt that prayer. I felt that spiritual power released in that room. And heaven broke. Something happened. We said, well, you know what we can do? We can go out and we can go pick up children and bring them to church. What a bright idea. It was in just a few short weeks as a result of prayer, we owned two buses. We had no money. In a few weeks, we had $3,000 in two buses. And we went into a community. And the first community that we went into, and we began to knock on doors, the families. It was like, it was like a revival of the book of Acts. They opened their doors and they said, what took you so long? We've been waiting for you to come and get us. It was the launching place of the supernatural. But let me tell you about something just a little more recent. You heard the story about the young boy, Christopher Alexander, tonight. But I want to tell you about one that just happened a few months ago. There was a young man right on the corner of Sanford Avenue and, and Airport Boulevard in one of these apartment complexes. It was late at night, and maybe he was in the wrong place. Maybe he wasn't where he should have been. Maybe he was doing things that he shouldn't have been doing. But he got entangled with some other young men, and he found himself stabbed multiple times, left for dead. All of his blood bleeding out of his body. That young man tried to crawl his way over to the fence that separated that apartment complex from the neighborhood that he lived in, but he couldn't make it over, and he laid there. Some people had heard the screams, and they called the ambulance, and they went and got him. An ambulance came, and, and I didn't even know the story. I wasn't even here for part of it. And, and I got a text from one of our leaders in our church and told me about it. 
So I contacted the mother. I went down and I visited him. This young man was not expected to live. Not expected to live. He was in serious condition. Serious, serious condition. He was just His life looked like it was eking out of him. When I went to see him, he had already contracted some kind of infection in his lungs. And you know how you get into the hospital and you're there for weeks and weeks. And, and I went to pray for him. He was in so much agony and so much pain that I couldn't even pray for him that night. He was tied down. He was strapped completely down. He, they had a trachotomy in his throat and he couldn't move. As I looked at him, I could see the frustration and the anger and trying to pull himself out of that bed. But I said, I'm going to pray for you. We came back here. We, we pray as a church every morning, Monday through Friday, from 8.30 to 9 o'clock. We have a team of people. We pray every single day. And I remember praying for this young man every day, calling out to God for him. Every day, calling out to God for him. I was gone on vacation the first Sunday of January, and I get a text from one of our leaders saying, the young man has showed up today, and he wants to talk to you. I, I wasn't here, obviously, and so I wasn't able to talk to him. Today, after preaching the second service, as I walked out to the door, I shook this young man's hand, and his mother came behind him and said, That's my son. That's my son. And I said, Oh, my God, I've got to talk to him. And I went up, and I shook his hand, and, and he looked me in the face, and he could talk to me. And he said, Thank you for praying for me. Come on, give God a hand clap. He's a God of miracles. He's a God who's never changed. He told His disciples, I want you to exercise spiritual authority. I want you to preach, but I also want you to operate in the supernatural. God gives spiritual authority to His children. The men that we're going to commission tonight, we believe that there is something supernatural. There is something powerful that's going to happen. We believe that it's not just ceremony, pomp, and circumstance, but I believe that there's an impartation that when we lay hands upon people, there is a supernatural impartation from one man of God and to another man of God. And as we commission these men tonight, I'm commissioning them to exercise their spiritual authority, to see themselves in a new dimension, not just a man who serves in a local church, but a man who is under the authority of God. God, under the authority of his pastor, under the authority of his local church, and will begin to operate with great freedom, great power, great anointing, believing God for signs and wonders in their generation. The mandate of Jesus to his disciples was finished with this mission. It's finished with this mission. In verse number five, Jesus says, Then Jesus sent the twelve out. And he said, go reach the lost. Go reach the lost. Reach the lost. First, reach the Jew. Jesus was a Jew. The disciples were Jews. They were first called to preach the gospel to the Jews. But Paul said it like this. You first preach the gospel to the Jews and then to the Gentiles. For salvation belongs to all people. See, God wants all men to be saved. God wants all men to be saved. When Jesus came from heaven, He had one mission. Luke's Gospel, chapter 19, verse 10, says it like this. Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. Jesus loves the lost. Jesus loves the lost. Jesus looked out over the city of Jerusalem and the Bible says that He wept. 
when Jesus saw the woman at the well who was caught in sin, trapped, living with man after man, never finding fulfillment. He said, listen, that's not the kind of life that God has for you. There's a way better way. There's a way better way to live. Jesus wasn't throwing stones. Jesus wasn't going to condemn this world. Jesus came to offer this woman life. He came to offer her salvation. He came to offer her a changed life, a new way of living. He came to offer her heaven. Heaven on earth. Jesus loved people and He commissioned them to go. And He said, preach the kingdom of heaven is near. God's rule God's authority. It's invisible. It's supernatural. We're natural people doing life supernaturally. We're called to be supernatural beings. Understanding that there's a divine spirit and power that lives within us. And then Jesus said, release His power. Heal the sick. Drive out devils. Cleanse those who have leprosy. Oh, to see a generation that still literally believed that this was their mandate. To pray for the sick. To take authority over the evil spirits. And to clean people's wounds and hurts. Leonard Ravenhill, a revivalist from another generation. That the world outside, that the world outside there is not wanting a new definition of Christianity. It's waiting for a new demonstration of Christianity. And then he said, give to them freely. Give to them freely. Freely you have received. Freely you have given. Freely you have received. Freely you shall give. Freely you have received. Freely you have given. You shall give. The men tonight that we're going to commission, they're not being paid. All of the men tonight that we're going to commission in just a few moments, all of them have served faithfully in this church, not because of a position, not because of a title. They've served because they love God's people and they love God's house and they love Jesus. And the time has come. There was a song that we sing occasionally here. It says, I give myself away so you can use me. I give myself away so you can use me. <laughs> Come on, David. <laughs> We've come to this moment in our service. I preached on the ministry of Jesus, the mandate of Jesus, and the mission of his disciples. These men, many of these men I've known for 13 years, 14 years. Some of them I've only known for a few years. But I can tell you that these men tonight, they're men of God. They're men who are faithful to their house. They're men who believe in living generously, open-handed. They've united themselves with the vision and the values and our passion for this city. That's why they're here. Tonight what's going to happen in just a few moments, we're going to commission these men, and then I'm going to wash their feet. When I wash their feet, uh, they're going to be commissioned and I'm going to place a towel upon them. We're going to anoint them with oil and wash their feet. And then they're going to pray over you. I don't want any person here to leave tonight without being prayed over. I believe in the power. I believe this. Paul said he desired to go to the church in Rome to impart some spiritual gift. And I believe that there's a spiritual anointing 
a transference of God's presence from one individual to another. Jesus commanded it. Moses commanded it. Moses laid hands on Joshua and he, com- and he commissioned him. There was a transference of mantle. And I believe tonight there's something spiritually significant that's going to happen in the lives of these men. When Jesus ate his last meal with the disciples before the Passover, what he did, the last thing that he did to model his love for them is that he washed his feet. He washed his feet to show them two things. One, that we are called to be servants. Jesus said, the greatest in my kingdom shall be servant of all. The way up in God's kingdom is the way down. The way up in God's kingdom, the Son of glory, God with human skin on, came and He served. He did not come to be served, but He came to serve and to give His life for many. Jesus modeled true servanthood. And then He also modeled humility. The pathway of the kingdom. God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble kingdom living is always marked by humility. Not an overestimation of who we are and not an underestimation of who we are, but knowing who we are. I know where I've been. I know where I've been. I know where I'm at. And I know where I'm going. I know who I've been. <laughs> and I know who I am today. But I also know where God has come. Tonight, Pastor Glenn is going to come, and we are going to commission these deacons. I want Pastor Glenn to come at this time. And deacons, you can come as well. Worship team, you can get in position. It is our honor tonight to commission ten serving deacons at City Church. The following deacons have been selected by the pastoral leadership team of City Church and have spent at least one year in training with Pastor Eugene Smith. Let us hear what the scriptures say about the office of a deacon. We're going to hear that from our First Lady, Pastor Laura. Acts 6, 1-7. through But as the believers rapidly multiplied, there were rumblings of discontent. The Greek-speaking believers complained about the Hebrew-speaking believers, saying that their widows were being discriminated against in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve called a meeting of all the believers. They said, We apostles should spend our time teaching the word of God and not running a food program. And so, brothers, select seven men who are well-respected and full of the spirit and wisdom. We will give them this responsibility then we as apostles can spend our time in prayer and teaching the word. Everyone liked this idea, and they chose the following. Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit. Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Preminus, and Nicholas of Antioch, an earlier convert to the Jewish faith. These seven were presented to the apostles who prayed for them as they laid their hands on them. So God's message continued to spread. The number of believers greatly increased in Jerusalem, and many of the Jewish priests were converted too. And now these are the qualifications from 1 Timothy 3, 8 through 13. 
In the same way, deacons must be well-respected and have integrity. They must not be heavy drinkers or dishonest with money. They must be committed to the mystery of faith now revealed and must live with a clear conscience. Before they are appointed as deacons, let them closely be examined. If they pass the test, then let them serve as deacons. In the same way, their wives must be respected and must not slander others. They must exercise self-control and be faithful in everything they do. A deacon must be faithful to his wife, and he must manage his children and his household well. Those who do well as deacons will be rewarded with respect from others and will have increased confidence in their faith in Christ Jesus. And at the discretion of the senior pastor, the individual deacon members will be assigned portfolios of responsibility and the serving, uh, in the serving of different ministries at a local church. The deacon's responsibilities may include but are not limited to the following areas of ministry. Interviewing prospective new members at membership seminar and be willing to participate in hosting classes. Welcome new members into the City Church Fellowship at the, members, at the member recognition service. Administering communion. Deacons will be responsible to make monthly contacts with members assigned to them by pastoral team. Assist in the baptismal class and baptizing of new candidates. Serve the widows, seniors, and orphans in our church community. Hospital visitations. Participate when, when necessary in restoration of fallen or reconciliation meetings with members in conflict. The expectations of a deacon are the following. Attend Sunday and midweek services unless work schedule conflicts. Actively serve in a ministry at City Church. Actively support the ministry with their tithes and offerings. Pursue a mentoring relationship with another brother at City Church. Participate and attend regularly scheduled deacon meetings. Abide by City Church membership covenant and model to the congregation a lifestyle of beliefs and practices. Participate and attend all deacon training sessions provided by the pastoral leadership team. And now we're going to address our first deacon, Richard Miles. Richard is, is married to his incredible wife, Michelle. And they have a little baby, Condoleezza, and another one on the way. And uh, church growth. And, uh, and you've been attending City Church for three years. I have some questions for you, Richard. I can get to them here. Do you believe that the Bible is the Word of God and that is the only source and rule of faith, doctrine, and life? Do you love the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you love God's family? All of them? <laughs> Good. Are you willing to the extent that God gives you grace to work for the purity, the edification, peace, and growth of the church of Jesus Christ? Do you find that the constitution of City Church is in harmony with the word of God and will you abide by it? Do you accept and will you work in harmony with the Bible and leadership structure of this congregation? Will you, by the power of God's grace, live a holy life, properly care for your family, and faithfully discharge your duties as deacon? Will you watch over the flock in which you are placed as an overseer, show yourself a pattern in good works, care for the spiritual growth and discipline of the congregation, and let no false teaching which is contrary to God's word make its way into this church? Do you as members of City Church, you can respond, we do, to this. Do you as members of City Church receive this candidate as your deacon? 
Will you at this time, as long as he will safe, faithfully serve among you, support him with your prayers, encouragement, and cooperation? If so, answer yes. Do you stand by your decision to be a deacon today? Well, great. Well, Pastor, we present Amen. to you Richard Miles. Richard, at this time, I, I have the servant's towel that I'm going to place over you. I love you, Richard. Richard, you have shown yourself to be faithful. You've served this house. You've served this church. You've served the vision of this house. And it's with great honor that I've chosen you to be the captain of the deacons. And I love you. I'm going to anoint you with oil. Can you stretch your hands forward as I anoint Richard tonight? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And Lord, like the oil flowed, flowed down the head of Samuel. Like the oil flowed down the head of King David. Like the oil flowed down the ancients of old. I pray that the oil, the oil of your spirit would flow through the life of Richard Miles. Father, I thank you tonight that your grace is upon him. I thank you that your, that your wisdom, your wisdom is with him. And God, I pray tonight there's an impartation, a supernatural impartation of favor in his life. God, that as he leads, as he encourages, as, as he shows others the way of the kingdom, I pray, Lord, that you'll release to him doors that have never been opened before. God, I bless Richard tonight. I thank you, Jesus, for this great man of God. And it's a great honor to work alongside, to partner with him and seeing your kingdom come and your will be done. I bless Richard. I bless you, Richard Miles, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and all that God's people said. Amen. Amen. Richard, I'm going to have you come, and I'm going to wash your feet. Jesus was with the disciples, and he'd been, they had been out in the fields. They walked the dusty roads. We don't wash feet in our culture today. It's more ceremonial. But it represents being dirty and, and a task that needed to be done. And Jesus' generation, a Jewish man, would never wash the feet of another Jewish man, and especially a leader, a slave possibly, a, a servant or a Gentile possibly, but never a leader wash the feet of the servant. Jesus, in an, as an act of servant and hood and humility, washed the feet of his disciples. Our deacon's feet aren't dirty necessarily, naturally. They've all wore shoes, socks and shoes tonight. But we get dirty in this life. We get dirt on us just for living. And tonight I'm going to wash the feet of Richard Miles. And I'll do each deacon the same. I'll wash their feet. And then I'll ordain them to be a deacon here at City Church. Richard Miles. You've been a great friend. You've been a great man of God. And I believe tonight that as I wash your feet... I believe tonight that there's something in the spiritual realm that's happening in your life and in your heart. God will use you in greater ways than you could have ever imagined. He's given you a dream. He's given you a vision for this community and for this city. And Richard Miles, based on your profession of faith, and your desire to serve the city, the church of City Church as a deacon, I now commission you, ordain you as a deacon in the name of the Father and of the Son. And all of God's people say, Amen. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Next we have Ben Thomas. Ben. Ben is married to his wife Stacy. They have one son named Wesley. And they have been attending City Church for 13 years. Incredible. Ben, do you believe that the Bible is the Word of God? That is the only source and rule for faith, doctrine, and life. Do you love the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you love God's family? Are you willing to the extent that God gives you grace to work for the purity, edification, peace, and growth of the Church of Jesus Christ? Do you find that the Constitution of City Church is in harmony with the Word of God, and will you abide by it? Do you accept and will you work in harmony with the Bible and leadership structure of this congregation? Will you, by the power of God's grace, live a holy life, properly care for your family, and faithfully discharge your duties as a deacon? Will you watch over the flock in which you are placed as an overseer, show yourself a pattern in good works, care for the spiritual growth and discipline of the congregation, and let no false teaching, which is contrary to God's word, make its way into this church? Do you, members of City Church, receive this candidate as a deacon? Will you at this time, as long as he will serve faithfully among you, support him with your prayers, encouragement, and cooperation? Do you stand by your decision to be a deacon tonight? Amen. Last we give you Ben Thomas. Ben Thomas, I commissioned you tonight to be a deacon in this house. I had the honor of marrying you and Stacy. I've walked with you and I've seen incredible growth in your spiritual journey over the last 13 years. So uh, maybe at 18, 19-year-old young man, to see what you've come, become today. A man who has a vision for the house of God. A man who loves the people of God. And you serve the children of this church. Your commitment to the families of this community. I'm honored to serve the Lord with you. You're a great man of God. And you're going to be the assistant captain of this team. It's a great responsibility and a great privilege. Commission you tonight. I'm going to anoint you with oil. Congregation, can you stretch your hands towards Ben Thomas tonight? Father, I thank you for the oil of heaven. Jesus, when you came up out of the water, the day you were baptized, the Holy Spirit descended. You were commissioned. Jesus, I thank you tonight that as we commission Ben Thomas, I pray for a fresh empowerment of the Holy Spirit. I thank you for my brother. Thank you for his passion for the kingdom. And I pray this now in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Ben, can you step over here? All right. I'll use another towel. We're going to have to double up on some of these towels here. <laughs> Amen. So I'll wash one foot put it out and then we'll watch the other. We got a little confused on, on Richard, but we got this one figured out. Right? <laughs> ben, I love you. I love the way you serve people. I, I met with you just a couple of months ago at lunch and you were sharing me. I, I heard your passion for the families of this church. So much passion that right there at the lunch table you begin to cry. He said, Pastor, I love you, and I love this church, and I'm willing to do whatever it takes to bring God's love to this community. And I honor you for that today, Ben Thomas. Ben Thomas.
Thomas, based on your profession of faith and your desire to serve as a deacon in this local church of City Church, I now ordain you as a deacon in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Let's give a big hand. Amen. Love you, brother. Next we have Marcus Goss. He's married to his wife, Don. They have three, he has three children, Peyton, Aubrey, and Marcus. And they've been attending City Church for 12 years. Isn't that awesome? 12 years. Marcus, do you believe that the Bible is the Word of God and that is the only source and rule of faith, doctrine, and life? Do you love the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you love God's family? Are you willing to the extent that God gives you grace to work for the purity, edification, peace, and growth of the Church of Jesus Christ? Do you find that the constitution of city church is in harmony with the Word of God, and will you abide by it? Do you accept and will you work in harmony with the Bible and leadership structure of this congregation? Will you, by the power of God's grace, live a holy life, properly care for your family, and faithfully discharge your duties as deacon? Will you watch over the flock in which you are placed as an overseer, show yourself a pattern in good works, care for the spiritual growth and discipline of the congregation, and let no false teaching which is contrary to God's word make its way into this church? Do you members of City Church receive this candidate as your deacon? Will you at this time, as long as he will will serve faithfully among you, support him with your prayers, encouragement, and cooperation? If so, answer yes. Do you stand by your decision to serve as deacon tonight? Amen. Pastor, we give you Marcus. Amen. Marcus. Uh, the way you came to City Church. <laughs> Marcus, they, were, they came actually our very last service at our very first auditorium in Altamont Springs. And uh, one of his daughters lost a bow. He'd gotten home, and his wife said, Hey, you got to get back up and get that bow. He had no intention of ever coming back to City Church. But we were moving all of our stuff out of the building that day, and we needed to borrow a truck, and you happened to have a truck. And from that day, you've been, you've been City Church as much as Lord and I have been City Church. Your prayers, you and Don, your love, your support, your faithfulness, your friendship, all the conversations, the dreams, all the talks that we've had about the vision. It, it's hard for me to even express in words. The Bible says that God plants people like trees of righteousness in the house of the Lord. You've been planted as a tree in this house. And because of that, City Church has been able to flourish. Many others have been planted here too. But the foundation, you guys are foundation stones. You're pillar stones. And, and in heaven, in heaven, God sees everything. God rewards every act, every act of generosity, every act of service. I've never known you to brag. I've never known you to want any kind of attention. You've done exactly the opposite great humility you've served this body. It's a great privilege for me tonight to commission you as a deacon of City Church. Lord Jesus, I thank you for Marcus Goss. Lord, I know tonight that you brought him into the kingdom for such a time as this. God, over the years he stood, Lord, as we've gone from place to place, theater to theater, from from parking lot, literally, Lord, to clubhouses, to, to hotels. God, till we found our place here in Sanford. God, he's been faithful, faithful to serve, faithful to work, faithful to give, faithful to support. And Lord, I ask tonight that your grace, 
in a greater dimension. The blessing of Christ rests upon his home and upon his children. I thank you that you favor him tonight, Lord, that you called him by name. And God, I pray your blessing. I pray your blessing as we commission Marcus to be a deacon of City Church. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And everyone say, Amen. Amen. We come. Amen. you love germs so you get to share who went before you who went before you Ben okay you get to share there you go so amen Marcus I want you to know that I love you brother it's a great privilege for me to serve alongside of you and to wash your feet tonight and as Jesus served his disciples I pray tonight I pray that I will be able to be a servant that God has called me to be to you to your family Jesus, we love you. I bless Marcus tonight. Lord, I ask for your grace to continue to grow in a greater desire for you and your house. In Jesus' name, amen. Marcus Goss, based upon your profession of faith and your desire to serve as a deacon of City Church, I now ordain you. I now ordain you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come on, one more time, give him a great big hand. Next, we have Dave Lee. Would you come over here? It's more in the light there. Dave is married to his wife, Lori. They have one son, Johnny. They've been attending City Church for nine years. Dave, do you believe that the Bible is the Word of God and is the only source and rule of faith, doctrine, and life? Do you love the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you love God's family? Are you willing to the extent that God gives you grace to work for the purity, edification, peace, and growth of the Church of Jesus Christ? Do you find that the Constitution of City Church is in harmony with the Word of God, and will you abide by it? Do you accept and will you work in harmony with the Bible and leadership structure of this congregation? Will you, by the power of God's grace, live a holy life, properly care for your family, and faithfully discharge your duties as deacon? Will you watch over the flock in which you are placed as an overseer? Show yourself a pattern in good works? Care for the spiritual growth and discipline of the congregation? And let no false teaching, which is contrary to God's word, make its way into this church. Congregation, do you as members of City Church receive this candidate as your deacon? Will you at this time, as long as he will serve faithfully among you, support him with your prayers, encouragement, and cooperation? David, do you, do you stand by your decision to serve as deacon at City Church? Amen. Present to you, Dave. Dave, I commission you. Dave, uh, we spent lots of hours in meetings. Lots of hours. Late meetings. One of my favorite memories with you was when we went deep sea fishing. And uh, I got the Ralph disease. I wanted to die. And my brother David stood behind me and held on to my belt because I was ready to fall over the side of the boat. And he wouldn't let me go in. I want to thank you for that. My wife wants to thank you for that. You forgot the part there. I don't want to talk about that part. It just gets worse from there. 
I'm so honored to serve with you and Lori. And, you know, the really cool thing to watch the way that you brought your son Johnny up. I see him serving alongside of you. I mean, that's mentorship. That's passing it on to the next generation. Your father served the local church, and you served the church, and your son's going to serve the church. That's the blessing of God. The blessing of God is that we would pass it on from the, from the next one generation to the next. Appreciate the mind that God has given you and your ability and the wisdom that God has given you. God, so many times, so many things, so many things you've caught in, in our meetings. And I just want to say thank you, and I love you. I love, I love serving alongside of you, and I'm honored to be your friend. Tonight I commission you to be a deacon of City Church. You come over and join me. Oh, let me let me pray for you first. I'm going to get ahead of myself. I'm trying to move it along here. Come on, stretch your hands. Father, I'll thank you. David Lee, thank you for the deep reservoir of your spirit. Not necessarily, Lord, seen in emotion, but by strength and stability, by wisdom, by faithfulness. Lord, faith, truly, it's demonstrated by man's faithfulness willing to show up, show up, show up, and keep showing up. And Lord, I bless Dave tonight. I pray, Lord, for a greater sense of grace, even tonight, a greater sense of the mission and the vision of this house upon his life. I bless my brother tonight. I bless my brother Dave in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. take my jacket off. Is that all right? <laughs> you guys doing okay? Hey, thanks for hanging tonight. Thanks for sticking tonight. Thanks, Mark. Dave, as Jesus washed the disciples' feet, I wash your foot tonight. It's a great honor to serve alongside of you. And Jesus, as he washed each of the disciples' feet, he loved each one of them. The Bible says that when Jesus, that day, when he took the Passover meal with them, he said it was with fervent desire. Fervent desire, I wanted to eat this meal with you. Dave, I want you to know with fervent love of Christ, I love you. Tonight, based on your profession of faith and your desire, your desire to serve as a deacon of City Church, I ordain you in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. All God's people say, Amen. Amen. Next we have Kip Williams. Married to his incredible wife, great friend of mine, Christina. And uh, has four, uh, five children Callie, Natalie, Drew, Lalisa, and Arlise. And you've been at City Church for 12 years. Long time. Kip, do you believe that the Bible is the Word of God and that it's the only source and rule for faith, doctrine, and life? Do you love the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you love God's family? Are you willing to the extent that God gives you grace to work for the purity, edification, peace, and growth of the Church of Jesus Christ? Do you find that the Constitution of City Church is in harmony with the Word of God, and will you abide by it? Do you accept and will you work in harmony with the Bible and leadership structure of this congregation? Will you, by the power of God's grace, live a holy life, properly care for your family, and faithfully discharge your duty as deacon? Will you watch over the flock in which you are placed as an overseer, 
Show yourself a pattern in good works. Care for the spiritual growth and discipline of the congregation. And let no false teaching, which is contrary to God's word, make its way into this church. Congregation, do you members of City Church receive this, this candidate as your deacon? We will. Will you at this time, as long as he will serve faithfully among you, support him with your prayers, encouragement, and cooperation? Yes. Kip, do you stand by your decision to serve as deacon of City Church? Amen. That's right. Amen. Kip Williams, I now commission you as the deacon of City Church. Twelve years. I mean, it just sometimes, it seems like a blank. But we're here tonight. And over the years, my admiration for you, I've told so many people, Kip Williams is the kindest man that I've ever known. The kindest man. You're known as a kind man. That's a fruit of the Spirit. That's a work of God's Spirit in your life. And I know God's brought you through a lot of stuff. I always tell people, you might see my glory, but you don't know my story. And God's grace has been amazing in your life and your generosity to this church. One of the great gifts that you've provided to us is that you've been, you've worked faithfully so that your wife could serve as a volunteer, full-time, we don't call her employee, but boy, she's, she's here as much as our rest of the staff is and that's a great gift to this church and we wouldn't be where we are today without you and I love you you're my friend and I want to pray a prayer blessing tonight stretch your hands forward towards Kip Robert Williams Father I thank you for the anointing the fresh anointing may the rest of his days be the best of his days God I thank you for the wisdom that you've given him I thank you Lord for the mind that you've given him the insight into the ways of the kingdom. God, for his faithfulness to serve the men of this house, faithfully serving, faithfully giving, faithfully loving, faithfully demonstrating the kindness of our God to this generation. Father, I bless Kip tonight in the name of the Father. I pray for an increased sense of grace, an increased sense of vision, an increased sense of purpose. I ask this in the mighty and the powerful name of Jesus. In the powerful and the mighty name of Jesus. Everyone said amen. Amen. Kip, why don't you come over and let me wash your feet? to be your friend to serve alongside of you all the times when I was discouraged all the times when maybe inside I didn't know if I could keep going you would sit in a meeting and I'd hear your words of encouragement you'd always believe the best you always hoped the best and I thank you for that tonight I thank you that the Lord Jesus Christ has brought you into this local church has brought your wife and you've served Although you've had dreams and desires, maybe that you haven't seen fulfilled the way that you thought they should be, God does see and God does care. God knows everything about you. God knows all your children. He knows where they're at tonight. He's called them by name. He's heard your prayer in the secret place, and He will honor you. Kip Robert Williams, based on your profession of faith, the desire to serve as a deacon of this church, of City Church. I now ordain you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Amen.
Next we have Kenny Hallam. Hold on, for all you you know this, gotta give me a hug now. He's married to his wife, Rita, and uh, he's four children, Cody, Blake, Julie, and Jonathan. He's been at City Church for seven years. That is incredible. Kenny, do you believe that the Bible is the Word of God and that is the only source and rule for faith, doctrine, and life? Do you love the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you love God's family? Are you willing to the extent that God gives you grace to work for the purity, edification, peace, and growth of the Church of Jesus Christ? Do you find that the Constitution of City Church is in harmony with the Word of God, and will you abide by it? Do you accept and will you work in harmony with the Bible and leadership structure of this congregation? Will you, by the power of God's grace, live a holy life, properly care for your family, and faithfully discharge your duties as deacon? Will you watch over the flock in which you are placed as an overseer, show yourself a pattern in good works, care for the spiritual growth and discipline of the congregation, and let no false teaching which is contrary to God's word, make its way into this church. Do you members of City Church receive this candidate as your deacon? Will you at this time, as long as he will serve faithfully among you, support him with your prayers, encouragement, and cooperation? Kenny Hallam, do you stand by your decision to serve as deacon of City Church? Amen. Give me a hug. (laughs) We do hugs, not drugs, right? Kenny, come on. I love you. Kenny and Rita, wow. You've been the face of City Church. Every person. I've watched you run across the park in my degree, people. You always ask, Pastor, yeah, you've all seen it too, right? You love people. You are the great example of the heart of City Church. You have my heart. You have my heart for this city. Just love people unconditionally. You accept people from every background, from every culture. The vision that God gave me. People from every walk of life, from every ethnicity, from every demographic. That was the vision that God gave me for this community. You've embraced that. You see it. You love it. You live it. And you're you're the greatest evangelist. Amen. And you set off the fire alarm tonight. I want you to know that I love you. And Rita, you guys have served so faithfully from the moment that you came to this church. Even times you have questions, I love it that you ask me. And you text me. You'll text me, Pastor, you only, I love you so much. I want you to know that I appreciate those texts. I love your family. I love your children. What God's doing in your life, thank you. Thank you for serving. I'm going to anoint you tonight. Lord Jesus, each of your disciples had a special role, a special anointing, and a special calling. Kenny would be the, he would be the John, (laughs) the apostle of love. Thank you for the deep love that you've given Kenny for this community, for people, people at the, people at the grocery store, people at the gas station, 7-Eleven, everywhere he goes. Lord, he loves people. He demonstrates that. Thank you for the example he's been to me and to my family. Lord, I bless Kenny tonight. I bless Kenny tonight. Commission you to be a deacon in this house in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And everyone's. Amen. Amen.
Grace is an amazing thing, isn't it? Grace is an amazing thing. And isn't it awesome? Isn't it awesome? Isn't what others say about us, but it's what God says about us. Kenny, thank you tonight. Thank you for being willing to serve challenges and struggles of life. You've just been faithful. I've seen you come to church after having working two shifts, starting at 2 o'clock in the morning, working all the way to 5 o'clock at night, coming and just putting all that aside to give people a hug. I honor you for that. I love you. Your commitment is deep. Your love for people is an example to all. Kenny, based on your profession of faith, your desire to serve as a deacon of this church, of City Church, I now ordain you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and all of God's people say, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Next, we have Douglas Hayes, Jr. I'm not going to run out of words. i got lots to say about each one here. So, <laughs> Married to his wife, Kristen. It's four incredible kids. Michaela, Shay, Mackenzie, Preston. They own the church. They're all over the place. And, and I've been attending City Church for 13 years. Incredible. Well, Doug, do you believe that the Bible is the Word of God and that is the only source and rule for faith, doctrine, and life? Do you love the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you love God's family? Are you willing to the extent that God gives you grace to work for the purity, edification, peace, and growth of the church of Jesus Christ? Do you find that the constitution of city church is in harmony with the word of God, and will you abide by it? Do you accept and will you work in harmony with the Bible and leadership structure of this congregation? Will you, by the power of God's grace, live a holy life, properly care for your family, faithfully discharge your duties as deacon? Will you watch over the flock in which you are placed as an overseer, show yourself a pattern in good works, care for the spiritual growth and discipline of the congregation, and let no false teaching which is contrary to God's word make its way into this church? Do you as members of City Church receive this candidate as your deacon? And will you at this time, as long as he will serve faithfully among you, support him with your prayers, encouragement, and cooperation? Do you stand by your decision to serve as deacon of City Church? Doug was the very first Easter bunny. I got to tell this story. So Doug was attending another church. He was a youth at another church. And the youth pastor, Steve Hogue, brought his youth group over to help us distribute flyers and pass out waters. And we had our very first Easter egg on a Saturday. It was on April 10th of 1999. And the, the Altamont Mall, the parking lot there. And Doug... 16 years of age, I believe, at the time. He went with my son, Austin, who was about 8 years of age at the time. And they went and they stood out on the road there on 436 and waving people to come in. Well, we did the Easter egg hunt. We cleaned up the whole event. And we forgot that we left Doug and Austin standing out on 436. We were at the very end of the day, and we were putting everything up. And I saw this kid, and he stood out there. It was It was hot. He had the Easter bunny hat on the side of his arm, and he was walking up with my son, and the whole day was already gone. Doug, I've watched your life from the age of 16. I've watched God's hand upon you. It's a little longer than 13 years. I hate to tell you that. It's a little longer than that. 
but I've watched you go through stuff. I've seen the grace of God in your life. I've seen as a young man as you on your own questions and tried to go your own way and how God redeemed you and he brought you back. You were the prodigal. You were the prodigal. God welcomed you back with open arms. And I've watched you over the years as others that you love and care about have gone to the left and gone to the right. You've kept your focus on Christ and serving his church. You've married a beautiful woman. She's a great, great godly woman. She's our children's pastor. It's a great honor to have your family serve us here at City Church. I love you. You're my spiritual son. I've watched you over the years. I've just seen God's hand upon your life. Just you're going to be the next Kip, the next really kind one here. <laughs> and we all got our grace, but you're just so kind to people, and you're just so loving. And how God has placed you, the mission field of your heart was to serve the children of this generation. And your wife works here at City Church, and you serve at Pinecrest Elementary as a physical education teacher. And what an incredible mission opportunity to serve, to impact the next generation. I love you, Doug. Love you, brother. I believe in you with all of my heart. I'm going to anoint you. Can you stretch your hand towards Doug Hayes, Jr.? Mom and Dad, thanks for coming tonight. Amen. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your grace. Tonight, Lord, I pray your favor, your strength. God, he has so much capacity to love and to serve. I pray that he'll not be weary in well-doing, God, as they pour out their lives as a drink offering before you. God, Doug has stood and said, Lord, I want to be counted. I want to be numbered among the faithful. God, I bless him tonight. I pray an increased sense of clarity and wisdom. God, I pray that for a greater compassion for souls, for the children. God, for those, Lord, that no one else would want to reach, for those... Lord, no one else would, would want to go out and praying. I pray, Lord, that you'll begin to stir a fire within his heart, within his bones. God, I pray that you will bless him tonight. Bless Doug. In the mighty name of Jesus, I commission you, Doug Hayes, to be a deacon of City Church. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 glad that your guys' feet aren't dirty. <laughs> I'm glad it's symbolic now. Yeah. I like dirt, but not that much. <laughs> Doug, I love you. I love your discipline. I mean, you're just a great dad. You have four kids under the age of six. And I watch the way you, with each one, you focus I mean, on each one you focus, and you're so patient with them, so kind in the way that you teach them. What a great dad. You're a great dad. You're a great husband. You're a great example in this local church. I say thank you. Keep it up. Keep it up. Decades based on your profession of faith, your desire to serve as a deacon of City Church, I now ordain you in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. And all of God's people said, Amen. 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 Everybody. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
Next, we have Bruce Scott. Come on. Hey, his, hey. Married to his incredible wife, Maida. Four, four children, Kaitan Quid-Hill, Garrett Scott, Justin Richardson, and Jordan Scott. He's pointing at him right now. <laughs> and they've been attending here for three years. And uh, Bruce, do you believe that the Bible is the Word of God and that is the only source and rule for faith, doctrine, and life? Do you love the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you love God's family? Are you willing to the extent that God gives you grace to work for the purity, edification, peace, and growth of the church of Jesus Christ? Do you find that the constitution of city church is in harmony with the word of God, and will you abide by it? Do you accept and will you work in harmony with the Bible and leadership structure of this congregation? Will you, by the power of God's grace, live a holy life, properly care for your family, and faithfully discharge your duties as deacon. Will you watch over the flock in which you are placed as an overseer, show yourself a pattern in good works, care for the spiritual growth and discipline of the congregation, and let no false teaching which is contrary to God's word make its way into this church? Do you members of City Church receive this candidate as your deacon? Will you at this time, as long as he will faithfully serve, among you support him with your prayers, encouragement, and cooperation? Do you stand by your decision to be deacon tonight? Amen. 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 Bruce Scott, I commission you tonight. <laughs> I remember the first time you came to City Church. You weren't sure of this white preacher boy. <laughs> we were in a men's small group, and he always had questions. Lots of questions. Bruce, you have, got, you have grown over these last three years to become a great friend. Your love for, for those who can't take care of themselves, your concern about justice and equality. I mean, every single one of us, you, you've helped me grow as a human. Your love for this city, you grew up in this, you're, you're a hometown boy. You love Sanford. You love Sanford. I've had to grow to love Sanford. Yes, you are Sanford. You represent this city, the heartbeat of this city. You went to the schools. You had the teachers. You know all the people in the, in the city council, the commissioners. You've known all the police chiefs. You've been their friend. You always have an eye for what's right. You want right. You want it to be right. <laughs> i got to tell you, you've been one of the greatest already. You've never, not even the title, but just one of the greatest ushers. You are so aware. I, you know I have a thing called Owego, you know? And we should give Bruce Scott the Owego Award. Aware of what's going on around him. Well, he knows it all. He knows everybody. So, Bruce, you know something? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know so? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you and your wife. I mean, it's just amazing to see. Amazing to see how God has used you in this house. This is a very unique church. It's very unique in this community. There's such a sense of love here, a sense of welcomeness, and it takes someone like you to forge the trail. And I want to say thank you. Thank you for being my friend. I commission you tonight as a deacon of City Church. I'm going to anoint you with oil tonight. Can you stretch your hand towards Bruce Scott tonight? Father, 
Oh, you are so good. Thank you, Lord, that your spirit and your power is here to break every chain. Thank you tonight for the grace and the mighty work of your spirit in Bruce's life. God, you put a strong desire for righteousness in him. Strong desire for equality and justice. And God, I bless my brother tonight. Father, I pray that your hand would continue to direct and guide him. And God, as he becomes the face of City Church, as others see him in the community and he represents the love of Jesus, I pray, God, that you will continue to give him favor and wisdom. God, I bless Bruce tonight. God, I ask that your hand of protection would be upon and upon his children. God, I pray that your blessing would be with them. And as Maida and Bruce serve together in the kingdom of God, I pray, God, that there be a greater sense of grace greater sense of confidence and assurance in their role and their responsibility. God, that they will walk with the authority even as Jesus commissioned the disciples. He gave them authority and tonight I commission and I release authority into Bruce Scott to minister powerfully in the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. All of God's people say, Amen, 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 Amen. I'm going to wash your feet. <laughs> Hallelujah, 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 I can't identify with. I didn't grow up here. I grew up on the West Coast. I didn't see the things that you saw. I want you to know that I'm sorry that they happened. I'm so sorry. I don't understand how men can be so ignorant and so stupid. I don't understand it. I just don't understand it. But tonight you represent a new generation. This church represents a new way of life and ministry in this community. And I want to say thank you. Thank you for joining vision and joining faith. As Jesus washed the disciples' feet, Bruce, it's an honor for me to wash your feet. I love you, and I thank you. You've been a great friend. The best is yet to come. Tonight, you said yes to the call. You've answered the call tonight. <laughs> Based on your profession of faith, your desire to serve as a deacon of City Church, I now ordain you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And all of God's people say, Amen, Amen, Amen. Amen, Amen, Amen. <laughs> Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, I'm good. I need a Kleenex. <laughs> he watches me. He's the most awego, man, because I cry all the time, and he has the Kleenex for me. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Hallelujah. Next, we have Keith Taminsky. Thank <laughs> you.
Glories to the Lord. Married to his wife, Liana, two kids, Ella and Liam, and they've been attending City Church for seven years. Man, that's amazing. That's awesome. Keith, do you believe that the Bible is the Word of God and that it's the only source and role for faith, doctrine, and life? Do you love the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you love God's family? Are you willing to the extent that God gives you grace to work for the purity, edification, peace, and growth of the Church of Jesus Christ? Do you find that the constitution of city church is in harmony with the Word of God, and will you abide by it? Do you accept and will you work in harmony with the Bible and leadership structure of this congregation? Will you, by the power of God's grace, live a holy life, properly care for your family, and faithfully discharge your duties as deacon? Will you watch over the flock in which you are placed as an overseer, show yourself a pattern in good works, care for the spiritual growth and discipline of the congregation, and let no false teaching which is contrary to God's word make its way into this church? Congregation, do you as members of City Church receive this candidate as your deacon? Yes. Will you at this time, as long as he is will serve faithfully among you, support him with your prayers, encouragement, and cooperation. Do you stand by your decision tonight to serve as deacon? Wow. <laughs> wow, Keith. You're a great man of God. You're a great man of God. You know, we look out across the congregation, and I see you as a David. You're a prince. Someday you're going to be a king in the house of the Lord. I, your ability to communicate, your ability to speak truth. God's given you a great gift, a great gift. You just make people feel at ease because you're at ease. You're at ease with your relationship with God. You love him. You love the house of the Lord. Your desire for knowledge and wisdom. You listen and you listen to all the latest teachers and speakers and how God's promoted you so quickly, even in the marketplace, because you have an excellent spirit. The Bible says that Daniel had three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they were men of an excellent spirit. And the spirit of Christ is in you, and it's an excellent spirit. And it's contagious. It raises the bars for other other people around you. They, They don't even understand it. But tonight we know what it is. We know. You know where you've been know where you come from. You know where you are. You also know where you're going. Keith, I love you. I love Liana. I love your children. I've seen the miracle. I remember that day when your little baby Liam was caught my dad. I mean, he was coming. It was way too early. Five months, I believe. And I remember I just happened to be driving down the freeway and I got a text saying that Keith and Liana were in the hospital. Maybe Liam was on his way. Way too early. Five months is way too early. I just pulled into the hospital, and right when I pulled in, it was right when you guys were there. You looked up, and you were surprised. And I remember as I walked in, I didn't even know what was happening. I wasn't even aware, but it's in that moment that God used me to speak peace into your life. That's the cool thing about God is he orders our steps. He directs our steps. I don't know what God has in store for your future, but I know it's going to be good. And I look forward. I look forward to seeing the way God uses you in this local church, in this house future that God has for you. Keith, I love you. You're another spiritual son to me. I've watched it's all of the men here in my spirits, but I've just seen you. You're an excellent spirit and willing to serve. Serve the youth. Work right alongside of Pastor Glenn. What a great, great team you guys are. I love you, brother. 
commission you tonight. Anoint you with oil. You understand the anointing. You have an insight. Because an anointing isn't just oil that runs down the head. There's a divine, supernatural impartation of the Spirit of God. God gives gifts to men. He's given you the gift to communicate. Communicate to a generation their need for God. That God is good. God loves them. God's plans and purposes for them are good. And I thank you tonight. God, I pray the, the gift, the great desire to be used of you would continue to grow. I pray for his family. We've seen how the enemy has tried to work. And God, we know every time you have a great call and a great destiny, the enemy would love to attack and to bring destruction. But tonight I stand in the gap and I declare the protection of God. I ask, Lord, for your favor to continue to rest upon Keith. I, I thank you, Lord, for his heart, for the house of the Lord, his desire to serve. And as a young pillar, a young pillar, a man in his 20s, he served faithfully for many years, never looking for recognition, never looking for a reward, never looking for a position. But, God, you promoted him. And God, I bless him tonight. I bless him tonight in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I commission you to be a deacon at City Church. Okay, two more. We'll break out a brand new towel for you. How about that? Keith, you put your foot in the water. Amen. Wow. Keith, I've watched you just soak, soak like a sponge watching. I remember when we went to Seattle, went to the City Church of Seattle. I saw you there. You were just like a prince of young men there. You just stood out. Your desire to know the ways of the kingdom. We came back from we came back from Seattle, a group of young people. And the culture of this church began to shift. It just began to change the way we did ministry, the way we served, the way we loved our city. You were a significant part of that. I want you to know that. And I love you. And I'm honored to serve the Lord with you. Keith Tominsky, based on your profession of faith, and your desire to study to serve City Church, I now ordain to be a deacon. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And all of God's people say, Amen. 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 Last but not least, we have Jimmy Watson. Come on. Sporting those UCF colors. I love it. It's beautiful. <laughs> Married to his wife, Linda. His four children, Nathan, Nathan, Natasha, and Natanya. They've been attending City Church for 13 years. Come on. Incredible. Man. Well, Jimmy, do you believe that the, that the Bible is the Word of God and is the only source and rule for faith, doctrine, and life? Do you love the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you love God's family? Are you willing to the extent that God gives you grace to work for the purity, edification, peace, and growth of the church of Jesus Christ? Do you find the constitution of city churches in harmony with the word of God, and will you abide by it? Do you accept and will you work in harmony with the Bible and leadership structure of this congregation? Will you, by the power of God's grace, live a holy life, properly care for your family, and faithfully discharge your duties as deacon? 
Will you watch over the flock in which you are placed as an overseer? Show yourself a pattern in good works. Care for the spiritual growth and discipline of the congregation. And let no false teaching, which is contrary to God's word, make its way into this church. Congregation, do you as members of City Church receive this candidate as your deacon? Will you at this time, as long as he will serve faithfully among you, support him with your prayers, encouragement, and cooperation? Jimmy, do you stand by your decision to be deacon tonight? Well, you know what they say, Jimmy, God saves the best for last. (laughs) The first shall be last, and the last shall be first. Oh, 13 years. I remember all the way back to the beginning days of City Church. You were there, you and Linda. And I've watched over the years how God has just directed you, and he's led you in steps. And and how our friendship has grown, the many dinners, and the times at our house, and our small group as we study the Bible. As we've grown in our desire for the Lord, I've seen your faithfulness. I've seen your heart to serve the people of God. And and I remember several years ago, you were getting ready to retire. And and you were looking towards that golden parachute, as they say. (laughs) You were looking to take your next step in God. And uh, there was an opportunity. There was an opportunity right here in Sanford. No one else, very few people in this church know it. But every Tuesday, you and Richard go down to the YMCA. You work with young men from this community. You serve them, you show them, and you teach them how to be a man. Because God has showed you how to be a man. How to be a man. A man who does things right. A man who lives by integrity. A man who pays his bills. A man who treats his wife and his children right. Raises them to the best of his ability in the grace of God. Jimmy, tonight I want you to know that the hand of God has been upon you. And you've been my friend. You stood by me. I mean, so many times. Others, you watch people come. You've watched a lot of people come and go. <laughs> you've watched thousands of people come through these doors. And you stood faithful. And God blesses faithfulness. When we pass over to the other side, what God will reward is faithfulness. We keep showing up. We keep doing our part. We keep serving. We keep being a blessing. I love you. You're my friend. You're a great pillar in this church. You're a great pillar. You got, you're a big man with big shoulders, and you can take a lot. And I just want to say thank you. I want to say thank you tonight. I want to bless you. Can you stretch forth your hands towards Jimmy Watson tonight? Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Prayers of his grandmother were answered. Prayers of his mother were answered. See your son know the ways of God. And Father, I thank you tonight that you put it within Jimmy's heart to serve you. God, as he served his generation, God, he's been faithful to do his part. God, I ask tonight that your blessing, your favor would continue to rest upon him. God, I thank you, Lord, that there are going to be men, there are going to be young men in this city whose eternal destinies are going to be forever changed because he was willing to serve. He was willing to pick up the towel. He was willing to go into a neighborhood, into a community where others didn't want to go. And he said, I'm willing, Lord. I'll serve. I'll do my part to reach the next generation. Father, we thank you tonight that you have blessed my brother. Your favor has been upon him. And I ask, Lord, that in these coming days, in these coming months, in these coming years, as you continue to direct his steps, he'll find greater fruitfulness. 
God, as he meditates upon your word day and night, I pray, Lord, he'll be like that tree that's planted by the river brook. God, his leaves will not wither, but they will produce fruit even in their old age. God, I thank you that as he grows in this house, God, as he grows, I pray that his service would be more effective. I thank you, Lord, for Jimmy today, and I bless him. Bless him tonight. Commission you, Jimmy Watson, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen, amen. Come on over. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Jimmy. You grew up in another generation. You grew up in a generation where this wouldn't have happened. You grew up in a generation where a white man wouldn't wash a black man's feet. But in God's kingdom, we don't see race. We see grace. We love all people. I love you. You're my friend. It's an honor for me. It is an honor for me. I want you to know the things that you saw, the stories that you told me. I want you to know that I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that you had to experience those things. I really am. But I know that God used those things. See, other men allowed it to turn into bitterness, but you allowed it to make you a better man. And you've served faithfully in your generation. And you've gone to places where very few people, institutions of higher learning, received your doctorate become a learned man, a scholarly man. I want to thank you for being a great example to this generation, breaking through barriers, demonstrating love, not judging people, but accepting people. Jimmy, I want to say thank you. I love you. It's an honor for me as your friend to wash your feet tonight. And I pray the blessing of Christ over you tonight. I pray over Linda, and I pray over your boys and over your daughters tonight. I pray even tonight something spiritual will begin to happen in their hearts, a greater understanding and revelation of who you are. And Jimmy Watson, based on your profession of faith and your desire to serve as a deacon of City Church, I ordain you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And all of God's people said, Amen, 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 Amen. <laughs> hallelujah, Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Amen, amen. Thank you. Stand with me tonight. You guys have been amazing. We had no idea that it was going to go like this, but it has. And you guys have stood the test. I thank you for coming. We're going to worship the Lord. The deacons tonight, we have a reception for them. We invite anyone here tonight that would like to go. If you follow, go out the side door to your left here. Go all the way down to the end of the walkway. There will be reception. All the deacons will be down there in the room. We invite you to come and to introduce yourself, to meet them tonight. But let's close with a great big anthem of worship as we leave tonight. So